Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of the Outdoor Ed Podcast, episode number two of season four, to be exact, of the Outdoor Ed Podcast Fish Camp Hunt. And today's episode, we are going to get into being aggressive on the ice. The ultimate finesse sport, the ultimate finesse style of fishing is ice fishing. You hear that all over the place. A lot of people are going to tell you that. Heck, if you've ice fished a number of times, you will understand that you're staring down a hole, and often cases just one or two holes. Depends on if you're a, if you like to drill a bunch of holes, which I do. You are staring down a hole with one bait, one lure, however you want to put it. It's the ultimate finesse style of fishing. But I'm going to talk to you about some aggressive lures you can be using or you should be using and how to use them and why I use them to help me stay aggressive. I am I am one of those people like a lot of you, I'm sure, that can't sit still. You know, I call it ADHD, call it whatever you want, uh whatever clinical term it may be. I think I'm just a little antsy in my pantsy, so I can't sit still. I got to keep jigging. I got to be aggressive and it's hard for me to dig into those finicky fish when they want the bait just sitting there. So, today I'm going to go over an aggressive a uh, uh, couple of aggressive styles of lures you can use on the ice that also translate to open water, but we're just talking ice fishing today. So I'm going to go over uh, some of the lures that I use, how I use them, why I use them, and then the times I use them. So before I get started, I want to remind you, wherever you get your podcast from and you are listening to us today, thank you very much. First and foremost, thank you very much. Please consider leaving me a rating, leaving me a review. It really helps out. Also, if you like it and you want to hear more, subscribe. We got more coming down uh, the pipe this season, season four. I'm excited about season four. It's going to be excited. Also, go check our YouTube channel, uh, Outdoor Ed Fish Camp Hunt. Same thing over there. Uh, Go check that out. I try to do, whenever I do a podcast like this, I try to match the video so I can give you a visual presentation of what we got going over there. A lot of meat and potatoes, how-to, basic stuff over there on the YouTube channel. Um, if it's not up and running, it, it should be going. I've, I've been having some issues with it. Again, I am not the most uh, technological person, uh, so I am learning and getting better as we go. But if you if you want, go check out that YouTube channel and um A lot of videos, like I said, a lot of meat and potato stuff over there, but I will be getting on and going into more of, you know, more of the outdoors as we move in later to the season, later in the summer, all that mumbo jumbo. But today, please enjoy episode two of season four, Aggressive Ice Fishing Tactics. about ice fishing if you've been ice fishing for quite some time you understand and know that it is probably style when it comes to style of fishing it's probably the most finesse style of fishing that you are going to experience I understand fly fishing there's some nymph fishing where you're just basically dragging a line in the water holding it up and then flipping it over or is that 
is that um <laughs> is that a different style like i get i get nymph fishing and there's some other there's there's some finesse style when it comes to fly fishing but i think when it when it comes to ice fishing it gets people get into the mindset where it's cold especially new ice anglers where it's cold you don't want to do anything so you're thinking that the fish don't want to do anything either and a lot of times, you know, that, that is the case, you know, the warm water species, they get a little bit more or less active, lethargic. That's the big word that everybody likes to use, lethargic. I read a lot of in fisherman magazines, apparently. But they, they become less active. They, especially those, some of those warm water species will do that, but that doesn't mean you still can't catch them. Uh, a lot of times you'll run in with ice fishing, you'll run into situations where the fish don't want anything to do. You, you won't catch a fish while you're jigging a bait or jigging a lure, everything comes on a dead stick, a, a leave it sit type of a presentation, whether it's a minnow, power bait, spawn sack, a, a, a millworm, a spike, a maggot, something, whatever it is, just something laying either halfway in the water column or laying on the bottom. A lot of times, especially with new ice langers, that's how they catch a lot of their fish. But then you run into those issues where heck, I'm just not catching any fish. They're not, they're not what they were doing before. It's just not cutting it. And, 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 you know, sometimes too, this, this, this goes into, are you moving around enough? Is that, that can become, come a part of being aggressive on the ice is if you're moving a lot, if you're changing places to fish, changing locations, a lot of that stuff can play into it. Now I understand that it could be difficult to Aug a bunch of holes, drill a bunch of holes because you may have only a hand auger. I get that. So we are kind of getting into that time of the year where this stuff happens. And what I mean by that is maybe the ice has been on, on a particular body of water for, I mean, going on a couple months now, light penetrate, maybe there's snow, light penetration is getting difficult. And, uh, Things aren't just as, as, as lively as they were, uh, you know, a couple weeks before, even a month before the ice was on. So, or a month, the first month the ice was on, I should say. Things change, okay? You got you to gotta remember that there's a lot of factors going into it, especially a big 10-inch block of ice, you know, being on, being on your body of water, uh, snow on top of that, like I mentioned, light. There's a lot of things that come into play that could slow down, that could slow down a bite or shut down a fishery. And what I mean by shut it down, shut down the bite, not like completely. I mean, yeah, you'll have winter kill and all that stuff. Heck, I mean, heck, we might even do a podcast about that, about the ways of uh, how we can run into those situations. But those are extreme, extreme situations. Right now, all I'm talking about is making a switch from hey. I'm doing some, some certain things. I'm not being too aggressive, but I'm kind of being a little bit more finesse, a little bit more kind of letting it, letting things sit there. And now it might be time in some situations to bump it up a little bit and get a little bit more aggressive. Like I mentioned before, one of those ways you can do that is by moving and switching holes, fishing new holes, ice fishing. You don't have a long rod. You're not making long casts. You're not making multiple casts. You're making essentially one cast over and over and over again. So if you want to add your chances up, maybe drill more holes. Again, 
If you have a hand dog, or if you're a big muscle guy and you can muscle guy or girl, I mean, that's, I've, I've seen, I have seen some women really chew up some ice with a hand auger. I'm, I'm not even, not even joking. So I've seen it happen. I've seen it done. You can go out and do that. Now, you know, 10, 12 holes, probably your max with, uh, and that's what I would, when I'm talking like 12 to 15 inches of ice, 10 to 12 holes in a half hour, 45 minute setting, <laughs> taking rest in between is doable because I've done it. It, it, it blows you out and you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to cut any more holes. And I understand all that. So now you got to make the best of those holes. And what I typically do is if I know the bite is slow or if I'm in a particular area where that I know I've caught fish before and I know it should be rolling, if I'm a time early in the morning, later in the afternoon, whatever it may be, if I'm in one of those, those, those places to, to get to where I want to get set up, and I notice that I'm not either getting action or I know this no I'm not getting any bites, not even marking any fish on electronics. If you are using electronics, if you're not using electronics, then you have no clue if you're if you aren't getting bit, you have no clue if anything's coming in. So then what I like to do is I like to start moving. I like to go and if if I drilled uh, and I'm using the example that I just said, if I'm I got a, I got a hand auger and I popped maybe 15 to 12 holes around an area that I planted plan to fish, and that's that's how generally I would do it. If I'm going out there, I would plan. I plan an area to fish, uh, and and I pop a bunch of holes around that area. Whether I'm working a ridge line, whether I'm working a, a a gravel pit, a ridge line off of a gravel pit. Maybe I want to fish the ridge line. Maybe I want to fish the pit. Maybe I'm working a big giant flat, and I want to. And there's sparse vegetation, rocks, uh, sand, mud transition. There's a lot of things that could come into play that would make me want to put my holes in certain places, or I just want to drill holes in a grid and start fishing them. Like there's, there's that aspect of it too. Not everything has to be, uh, down, down to the wire, down to the nitty gritty of, of, uh, setting things up or having a plan. Sometimes you just go out there, find an area you like to fish. You've caught fish in that area before you feel comfortable with it. There's not really a lot of, uh, uniqueness to that area that you can, you know, the spot on the spot type of situation. So you just drill a bunch of holes. I've done that too. And I've been successful. But the main goal about this is that you have to put those holes out there. You have to give yourself an opportunity. You have to give yourself an opportunity at multiple casts. More holes means you have more casts, right? What I do, what I like to do is I like to go, I, I go front to back. Now, however you look at that, it could be side to side. It could be up to down to you. However you look at your ice and how you drilled your holes, if you drill them in a grid, you drill them in a circle, you drilled them just there's no rhyme or reason to them. I like to start at the last hole I drilled, which I'll leave something there. So I know that's the last hole I drilled. And this is just something for me. This is just how I do it. I'll leave something there. So I know that was the last hole I, I, I drilled or, or, or something like that. And then when I'm, if I'm, if I'm in the hole in the area that I, that I like, that I know I have been successful for, and I know I, this, this, that's why I pop these two holes here so I can set up my dead stick and I can set up my active presentation. I'll fish that. If there's no action, I give it half hour, 45 minutes. That, that's how I, that's how I usually do things. If I'm in an area that I know that I've caught fish in, I'll give it that long until I get up and start to go front to back or back to front. <laughs> I just, it sounds, it sounds really, it, it could sound confusing. The last hole I aug, I'll go over there. Like I said, I'll leave something there. I maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's the, the scoop. Cause, cause what I technically I do when I drill my holes is I'll, 
pop a bunch of holes, then I'll come back through, scoop them all out, and then I'll leave my scoop at the end of something. It's not necessarily always the scoop. I'll leave something there so I know that's the last hole, or I just know that's the last hole. I get up, go down there, start fishing, then I come, I, I, I fish, I, I hit that hole maybe five, ten minutes, see if anything comes, and I pop the next one. Then the next one, next one, next one, next one, all the way back to where I, where I started. That whole process maybe goes through an hour. I give one spot maybe a total of a, a total of I shouldn't say an hour. I, I see it depends. It really does depend. I'd say yeah, you know, an hour is good. I would say an hour. If it's just me and I'm alone and I'm and I'm getting aggressive, I give one spot an hour. And if I haven't caught fish enough to give it another 10 minutes, another 20 minutes, because that's the way I kind of look at it. A fish equals time on the clock. So you keep catching fish, that puts more time on the clock. You stay in this area and fish. Now, that's one way to be aggressive. Multiple casts, multiple holes, fish all of them. Stay aggressive, keep moving. Another way to stay aggressive is get aggressive with your baits. Get aggressive with your presentation. I always, always say have a have a dead stick so that goes with it you know minnow waxworm millworm spike jig whatever it is figure that out put it down there dead stick always have a dead stick option in my opinion always even when you're running a gun and even when you're aggressive always have a dead stick option some cases i'll go set up an ifish pro a 2.0 or a, a jaw jacker or something like that in in the last hole i got done fishing and then or, or the or the hole that's that's either in the middle or the furthest away from me i'll set something up out there because you know there's no action there's no just there's, there's nothing uh disturbing the ice and all that mumbo jumbo if you put something way uh far out away to where you can still see it you're not too far away from it but you're far enough away from it so you know if you're if you're getting up walking around whatever you may be doing or your group is doing put something out far away always have some kind of dead stick out there whether it's right by you or it's out further away from you set something up so you're always have something doing something while you're while you're doing something else that's the way i like to look at it so that's an option but being aggressive with your presentation now let's get into the let's get into lures or baits that i would use for these situations these are always going to be ripping baits in some in some way shape or form i am going to rip these baits uh ripping or hopping now, yeah, it's hard to visualize that maybe um, with a bait like a ripping wrap, slab wrap, jigging wrap, uh, moonshine lure. Uh, all those baits are minnow style type of baits. You know, if you're looking at a jigging wrap and a moonshine lure or something like that, you're looking at a slender, heavy um airplane style jig that's that's the best way i can i think an airplane style jig if you don't know what jigging wrap is i would say google it number one but then also look up an airplane style of jig that's kind of what these those baits are they're going to pop up they're heavy they're going to go down and hit the hit the bottom hard so they're going to make a lot of uh a lot of noise they're going to make a lot of disturbance down on the bottom so you're going to get that aspect of it they're going to jump off to the side. If you're using electronics, they're going to jump out of your cone. You may, you may or may not see these the, the whole time. You, you'll see a fish come in, but you may not even see the bait because it's popping off, out, out and inside, outside of the cone of your electronics. Working these style baits, in my opinion, they are best worked aggressively. And that means, you know, 
ripping your rod, ripping the bait up and down with your rod tip and your line. Um, when it comes to rods and line, if you're going to use this style of bait, if you're going to get, if you're going to do this, keep in mind that uh, that bait at the bottom, it will get twisty, it will get spinny. So if you're bouncing it, you're pulling it, you're ripping it off the bottom, then you go to stop it. You get a fish come in. You're using electronics. You get a fish come in. You notice that, and if you stop it abruptly, um, there's a good chance that that bait is going to be spinning like a top down there on the bottom. Now, ways to combat this. You can, uh, and this this is the things with spoons too. You know, I didn't really address this with spoons last week because I didn't really get into it that much. But this is what you go with spoons as well. Spoons and ripping style type of baits like these, like jigging wraps and spoons that twist like that. Uh, I would suggest looking into some type of a barrel swivel. Now, this can this could get where it, it, a barrel swivel or. I, I would I would want to I mean I could suggest it just depends on how much you know I use a snap a, a, a snap at the end of my line that I can quick change with these types of baits uh, a real small snap and I use the same thing with spoons too in in some cases jigs and uh, uh, other yeah I, I other like tube jigs stuff like that I don't use snaps hardly at all with those types of types of presentations but with spoons um and these jigging wraps i i will use a snap to put at the end of my line but i do suggest some type of barrel swivel now keep in mind when you're using some type of barrel swivel uh when you reel it up through your if you really if your leader isn't long enough and it comes all the way through your guides you know some people will will put that barrel swivel right at the tip of their rod and then they'll bring that bait down all the way almost down to the, either the rod butt or the uh, hook keeper and that's their leader so they can keep it to where they don't have to reel it through uh, the guides or even get it through the bail on your reel. Now, sometimes they're small enough and it doesn't even matter and it might not even matter to you. But you get some ice buildup in those in those guides and you're you're fighting a big fish and you're reeling it in. You could run into some issues with it, with that barrel swivel getting stuck and you can't reel anymore. Then, boom, you lose your fish. You have those issues or you get it stuck inside your spool. Some it gets tangled up with another piece. Something something can go wrong and and it and it, uh, it has gone wrong. I've experienced it. But that's why if you're going to use a swivel, a barrel swivel of some sort, make sure you understand that that barrel swivel is going to be coming through your guides and be good. there's a chance it could be coming through your guides of your rod and it could be going into your spool. Just make sure you understand that. But it helps eliminate a lot of the spin down on the bottom if you are aggressively working those types of baits and then you stop it for some reason during your cadence while you're working that bait or while you're jigging rhythm, your technique, and you stop it, that bait could spin down the bottom and it can scare the piss out of those fish. And it does not, there's not a bait there's not a there's not anything in the in the in the uh, in the fish's environment that is going to spin <laughs> like a top uh, in the water column. It's not going to happen. I mean, I, I've never seen it happen. I don't know. You know, it, it usually spooks fish when that happens. So keep in mind that could happen. But being aggressive with that style of bait is very, very important. I think it's the best way to use these baits. Now, what I mean aggressive is what I mean is moving that rod tip up and down. I'm talking anywhere from 5 to 10 to 12 inches, maybe even up to 30 inch pulls. And that's going from the bottom of the or the top of the ice hole all the way up. Now, there are some cases with these baits, if you rip it up and you just stop the rod tip and let it go fall all the way down on slack line, 
you could run into some tangled issues there and the same thing with the blade baits too that i'm going to talk to here in a, that i'm going to talk about here in a second you could have that happen so with these kind of baits what i like to do is i like to rip them up hard and get aggressive with them but then kind of almost guide it back down so i'm not getting that that flip over and on slack line and i'm kind of almost keeping a taut line in a sense as it goes back down to the bottom but if i do want to if i do want to get aggressive and i do or more aggressive and i do want to get that that bang and that beat in the bottom that beat the bottom presentation kind of situation going i will let that bait fall all the way back down the bottom on slack line i just won't pull up as hard i won't give i won't give you know like a 15 a 12 to 15 inch uh pull off the bottom or straight tug off the bottom i'll go a little bit shorter than that so that's just kind of how i work those baits and i feel like you have to move those baits to get those a fish what, what the way these fish bite these time of baits and you'll catch trout you'll catch walleye smallmouth largemouth bass perch even crappies on these types of lures doing these types of presentations doing working them this way you will catch multiple styles of fish the most consistent way not every single time but especially with walleyes and smallmouth uh, you will get the pin bite. Now, what I mean by the pin bite is when you're jigging it aggressively and when you have that bait falls down to the bottom or goes down on the release when it come, when the bait's coming back down, that's when the bite will come. That uh, fish, that walleye smallmouth will go down and will pin that bait on the bottom. And that's what you'll get. That's the bite you're going to get. And to describe the sense of that bite, the way it feels, is it almost feels like you're snagged. It almost feels like you're going down on the bottom, and then you're going back up, and then it's just snagged on something because that fish ate it, ate it, put it in his mouth, whatever it, whatever it did to it, it pinned it against the bottom, and that's what the goal of that fish was to do. And that's a lot of style of bites that you're going to get with these, uh, with this style of bait. Now let's move right into the uh, let's move right into the blade bait type of situation. So think of a blade bait as the old, the way, best way I can. Do it as the old, uh, I think it's Hinden Cicada. I think Hinden makes it. Or it could have just been Cicada. So think about a blade with a, just Google it right now. Just Google it. If you want to see a picture of a blade bait, just Google it. Right now, Google it and you'll see what I mean. These types of baits are great vertical. Same kind of situation with the jigging wraps and those style baits, but they aren't going to jump off to the side as much as those those baits do. Blade baits will stay vertical for the most part. They're going to go up and down. They're heavy. They're aggressive. They make a lot of noise. They bother that lateral line a lot. There's hooks. There's different elements to what this bait, how the all the the, the water displacement that this bait does is tremendous. Now, vertical, up and down, up and down, different sizes uh, is the best way to work this bait. Low uh, sweeping pulls I kind of like to use, you know, where you, you get the brum. When you pull it straight up, you get that vroom. You'll feel it. You'll feel it on your on your rod. I like to use a little bit more stouter rod, kind of on the medium, medium heavy side, a longer rod. All these types of baits can be fished on short rods, but I like to stay in that medium, uh, that medium type of. I mean, you could get away with a medium light, maybe on the jigging wraps, maybe. Uh, you might miss some bites because that if 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 they're pinning that bait on the bottom, when you go up to pull that, it's all tip, and that tip it takes a little bit to it's a slower reaction. So that fish could spit that bait in the time for you to get that hook set on it. So there is that chance with the medium light, but you can get away with it. I would definitely not worry, not use a medium light rod with a uh, 
with a blade bait type of situation just because it will it, it will just it'll wear you out it'll wear you out but if that's all you have use a smaller one i typically like to use a one a quarter ounce to a three eighth to a half ounce uh, those are kind of the three that i like that i like to use um, you can get bigger, you can go to the ounce, but I, I think that half ounce and that quarter ounce are the money, uh, sizes. The, the half ounce can be deadly on walleye and small mouse and those smaller ones, the trout love them. So do perch, so do crappie. Uh, now, like I said, <clears throat> there are the, the, the walleye will come in and they will pin this bait too down to the bottom. Not not saying they won't chase them up and grab it from the bottom because I've had that happen too before. But a lot of cases they'll pin them on the bottom. Another type of bait that gets likes to get pinned. But with this bait, you're not going to have that much spin on the bottom if you stop it. So a barrel swivel is not necessary necessarily needed for one of these. Uh, this type of style of presentation, you can get away with not having a barrel swivel for sure on this. The next one you got is your slab wraps. Your just think of a uh, a lipless crankbait. That's kind of what a slab wrap is, but a different style. It's it's a minnow bait, but it's a different style type of deal. Same same concept, same ripping motion. Um, these ones again will jump off to the side a little bit more, not as much as the jigging wraps do, but they will jump off to the sides and they will get kind of loosey goosey down there. So you might lose them in your cone. And, and also, too, the smaller ones, I have noticed, the smaller ones and lighter ones, because these types of baits, they aren't as heavy as a jigging wrap or a blade bait. They're a little bit lighter. They're a little bit more of a crankbait kind of situation with the body is. But they they get down there. They get down, and they do, uh, they do what you need it to do. Again, you could run into some spin on the bottom. So if you don't, if you want to prevent that, you don't want that to happen, Again, look at using a barrel swivel. The biggest thing that I'm going to say with the barrel swivel, uh, folks, is you got to figure out if it works best for you. It doesn't work for everybody. Some people just absolutely hate it, and they hate having the barrel swivel. They hate being worrying about it going through the guides, all that stuff. So some people don't even bother with them. Some people don't use them. Uh, I, I have in the past used them, and then I have not used them in the past. Right now, I'm on kind of – I'm trying to see if I can utilize it because I do – there are certain baits – that they just spin so much and I want to eliminate that. So I'm, I'm trying to see if that's like a bait situation, a, a, a specific manufacturer situation, or if it's an overall thing that I, that happens with other baits that are very similar to that lure. Now you, you got to figure out if that's, that's what works best for you with these things. But the most important thing that I'm going to tell you with, with any type of type of style, this aggressive baits, you got to stay aggressive with them. You got to keep popping them keep using them now i'm not saying if you just let it sit there and go grab a soda uh out of the cooler or a water or whatever and you come back and there's a fish on your dead stick that and your dead stick jigging wrap it has happened it will happen i'm not saying that that can't happen that you can't do that but these baits are best utilized if you're being aggressive and you're using them again there's multiple ways to work them the jigging wraps and the blade baits i like I like those those aggressive pulls, and I mentioned with the with the blade baits, there are some kind of slow pulls, where you get the where you start at the bottom and you just pull it up, and then you let it fall. You you guide it back down to the bottom, pull up, let it guide back down to the bottom. Then be short hop, short hop, pull up, guide it back down to the bottom. I love that kind of a cadence 
with my blade baits. The jigging wraps, I'm more of a pop, 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 let them fall, let them fall on slack line, let them fall on slack line. Now, the, the, the blade baits could get fouled up too. They have some situations with those. If you mess around with the hooks, change hook sizes, it, it, that could work as well. But again, all this stuff, you have to figure out what works best for you. I'm giving you some guidelines and some bases on to start off, but you ultimately have to figure out what works best for you. But the most important thing with all these with these baits that I'm talking about today is you have to stay aggressive, have to keep moving with these baits, have to keep the baits moving, stay aggressive. Don't be a scared or afraid. <laughs> a scared is just one of those words that I like to say. Don't be a scared. Now, rods <clears throat> and line. Six pound test. You can do it with six pound mono. I wouldn't go anything anything lower than that unless you're targeting, you know, bluegill, perch, uh, crappie, stuff like that. But I would stay away from going anything smaller than that when it comes to line. Mono, you can get away with. It's fine. Yes, there's not as much snap in the mono. There's a little bit more give because mono has more stretch than, they say, a fluorocarbon or a super line. But you can get away with it. I use a super line with a fluorocarbon leader. That's how I use my baits as I use my aggressive baits, but you can use them and you can get away with using monofilament. Now the rods, I like to, I really like to stay in that. Like I, like I mentioned before, I like to stay in that medium to medium heavy range with, but with all three of these, um, uh, applications, I really do. I feel like I can get more out of that rod. And if I do set the hook, I, I, I can get more of a fast, a faster hook set, a better hook set. If I unless I would have had more of a lighter, more of a more of a more of a bend in the in the middle, uh, you know, top uh, quarter of the rod instead of at the tip. I, I like more of a tippy rod when it comes to these types of uh, applications. So think about that too as well. At length, I've really been on the long rod train. Unless I'm fishing in a hut or something like that, I'll go with the shorter rods. But I'm starting like I'm looking at like 32. Um, 38 there's my my one of some of my favorite rods right now are between that 32 and 38 the ones that i'm really using so uh, that's where i like to go but again you know use i but I, I think the most important thing isn't the length in this situation it's it's medium to medium heavy really focus on that so i mean right there that's that's a aggressive style of fishing with aggressive baits and how i use them uh, right there. So, I mean, there's, of course there's more to this. There's a lot more to it. And then, you know, I'd run out of voice. I'd run out of podcast time to, uh, if I really wanted to get all that in there. So hopefully, and probably I will do more podcasts that, re- that go into this, these aggression, uh, aggressive manners. But if you want to see more, you want to see something specific, feel free to get a hold of me. Uh, leave me a message uh, either on Instagram or Facebook at Outdoor Ed Fish Camp Hunt uh, on both of those platforms. You can get a hold of me there. Send me a message. Ask me a question. Ask me a question about what I'm talking about here. See if you want to. If I want you want me to cover something else, you want me to go over something else on a podcast. Uh, I would love to do that. Just let me know. Don't be afraid to interact with. Don't be afraid to uh, ask me some questions, and I'll do my best. If I don't know, I can find it out for you, or I can get somebody on the podcast that knows what they're talking about, so we can have this discussion. So, as always, thank you very much for tuning in. And if you do, if you do like this podcast, please feel. Uh, uh, please don't hesitate to subscribe so you can get more of it. Um, leave a rating and a review. That would be awesome. That's what I really need with these podcasts. Uh, so 
I would really, really appreciate that. Go check out the YouTube channel. If hearing it, me hearing me describe it doesn't help you and you want to get a visual, uh, go check out the YouTube channel and I will have that stuff there. A lot more stuff coming down the pipe this season, season four of the Outdoor Ed Fish Camp Hunt podcast. Thank you very much for joining me today. That is going to do it. Get out there and catch some fish, huh? And don't forget, always, always keep jigging.